Today we talk gluten through song, specifically celiacs, as we talk to Alexander Rose Mangano on Benny Asking People Questions. Asking People Questions is proudly supported by Major Minor Music Australia, who wish to thank the people of the Gadigal Nation on whose lands all their work is done. If you'd like to know more, then head along to mmma.com.au. Today's guest subtly hides her enormity behind a small ukulele, singing gently behind wistful and wafting melodies and sharing her understanding with children in the hope that they will be able to find a more inclusive path in their lives. However, this subtleness is merely an outward facade for the person but herself is truly a powerhouse of message, conviction, achievement and direction and a deep, deep understanding of who she is and where she is headed. People like her are genuinely inspiring and a reminder that if we sometimes find ourselves overwhelmed with life's complexities and intricacies, there are people speaking on our behalf and they do it with grace and they do it so that we feel heard. We are lucky to have her and I'm even lucky to have her join me here today. Um, I'm talking about filmmaker, children's entertainer, celiac advocate, or not really an advocate for celiac <laughs> disease, Alexander Rose or simply Alex of Jack the Silly Yak. Thanks for joining me today. That was beautiful. Thank you for having me, Benny. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm just going to kick off with a quote. I can say you suck and that you can go and eat trash, but because of you, I have grown and will become stronger. This is a direct quote from your documentary, which you made, which we'll get to a little bit later. (laughs) But I feel like before we really launch into all of this, we do actually need a history. Um, Not, not, I don't. I mean, it does obviously need to incorporate your body's attempts to slow you down, but more importantly. I want to know that how you've become the person that's taken these attempts and have created strength Mm. from it all and has Mm. turned you into the the person you are today. So there you go. It gives you history up until, what time did you get here? 11.30? So yeah, everything (laughs) up until now. Um, Yeah. So I have three autoimmune diseases. I have for 12 years. Um, And before then, uh, so I was diagnosed in uh, 2011. I was 13 years old. Um, and I was, I got a cold that I couldn't get rid of really is how it all started. And then after having a few loving friends, um, family friends sort of mentioned that I was kind of pale and were um, lovingly expressing their concerns. We went to GPs, had blood tests, went to emergency room and then spent a week in hospital, was diagnosed with three autoimmune diseases. Um, so it all happened relatively quickly from a, uh, a life, I guess, of health. It had the usual things like, mm. you know, um, chicken pox and things like that. But um, it, was a, it was a massive change and it happened really quickly. And I think the strength for me comes from my community. I very much, I mean, I put a lot of, you know, love and, and passion in, into what I do with all aspects of my life. But for me, without my family, without my friends, without my theatre community, without my business community um, supporting me and um, uplifting me and sort of helping me understand that I can do things and I can be what I want to be, um, it's just going to look a little bit mm. different for me, um, has been so magical and so powerful to know. What sort of impact does it have on a 13-year-old who's told this yeah. This is now, this will change 
everything. It won't it won't change what you look like and it won't necessarily change what people appear that you're doing mm-hmm. but or what it will appear to people on the outside that you're doing. But it is obviously going to change everything on the inside and everything you do mm-hmm. behind closed doors. As a 13-year-old, that's a, that's a lot. Year seven, right? Yeah, massive. And I had like entered into high school. Everything was going really well. I was getting great grades for the first time ever. <laughs> I'm a creative. I don't want to speak for all of us, but school's hard for creative minds. <laughs> um, and then this kind of this kind of happened and it kind of just changed all of that. There was a new focus. There was new um, concerns within me but like within my household Mm. my parents now had a sick kid what does what does that look like and um I think a lot of the time as well people from the outside didn't understand and back then as well invisible illness was completely invisible Mm. like you no one was talking about it no one knew anything about it um you sort of think illness was something you could physically see or people were like on their deathbed Mm. like that's how sick people were but Mm realize that there's people all the time wandering around who are unwell but are just you know trying to live their best Mm. lives um so i think that was massive it was a massive lifestyle change and a shift on how i saw you know the future going forwards from there it's it can be tricky to i've always been a big dreamer but it's tricky to like dream realistically Mm. when you know that you've got these illnesses that could possibly hold you back so obviously you were always i mean it sounds like you're always creative anyway so that was the path you're well and truly on (laughs) does something like this inform your desire to want to do it because like we were just talking before there's this weird kind of um when you when you sort of live with a hidden illness Mm -hmm. you, you kind of and, and one that is quite rare, I mean, later on you're diagnosed with PSC, which mm. I think I'm probably one of the only people in the world that can pronounce it properly, yeah. um, <laughs> primary sclerosis and cholangitis. Oh, that uh, was magic. <laughs> I still can't. I struggle. <laughs> I can't even spell it. I tried to spell oh, it this morning. Right. I was like, I'm going to Google it. And even it. the spell check doesn't even do it. You're just like, oh, come on, surely you know what to you know. But, um, <laughs> but the, it brings with it a very different version of what your future is going to look like. Mm. And I guess, and sometimes not entirely true, but it's like anything, there's doom and gloom associated to it. And so for you as a creative and, and having these visions of, cre- of, of creating, mm. I mean, does it, did it, did it shift? Did it change your desire to not compromise on that kind of stuff? Um, yeah. Even though you were still quite young. Yeah, I think um, I really got into songwriting after getting diagnosed. I'd been learning how to play the piano for many, many years before that. It was a chore. I didn't really enjoy it, but my parents said it'd be good for you yeah, to learn yeah. an instrument. So I did. I did. I tried to do it. I was told, bit of a goody two-shoes. Um, <laughs> and there would be times where I would just like do an instrumental on the piano and I loved writing. I loved mm. writing things. And one day mum was like, what if you try and like smush those together? Try and write mm. a song. Use this this um, love that you have for writing stories and music. Um, so I started writing and it became my form of um, like expressing myself and telling my story to people in not a direct way of mm. going, this is what I'm going through. Listen to this song and that's how to express. So for a long time I used music as my way to express myself mm. and tell my story. Um, but I 
boycotted it as well for yeah. a chunk of time. I um, throughout boycotted expressing how you're feeling through creativity or boycotted creativity. Boycotted expressing myself, yeah. yeah. So in music, I always did, but when it came to creating theatre mm. and um, throughout uni, creating all the assignments and short films and everything. Um, which in hindsight is probably a missed opportunity, but I didn't want to do anything to do with my with my illness mm. um, throughout that time because I wanted to see, okay, is this all that I am? Can I do other stuff yeah. outside of that? Um, and I think throughout that time I learned a lot about storytelling in different ways, mm. but at the core of it, it's my passion mm. to talk about it and to um, – and I know that it's not all of who I am. And I think that's really important for people who are chronically ill, um, at least from my point of view, everyone's journey is different, is that your chronic illness is one of the many things. Like you're a father, you're, mm. you're a wife, you're mm. – you know, you're all of these other amazing things and your chronic illness, although it is a massive part of your life, it doesn't have to consume you. I say bananas, you say bananas. From a creativity perspective, you, you you're only really at your strongest when you talk about stuff you know. Exactly. And as soon as you start going, oh, I'm going to write it about this thing, and you go, but you were neither alive during that time, <laughs> or in that country. So I'm not entirely sure what authority you're kind of coming at it with. Exactly. So so let's so you you did all that, and let's sort of fast forward gently to where we are today, which mm. is which is. Um, which is Giggle and Learn with Jack the Celiac. Yes. So before we go into too much of that about just it being constructed and things like that, the, the thing, the thing when I was watching it, the thing I felt most for you was just this. It's obviously so heavily based around gluten. Now, gluten in your world is a very different situation than gluten in the gym world <laughs> um and and that's zero disrespect to people that choose not to eat gluten yeah. and zero disrespect to gluten but mm. someone who is celiac it is a very different world yes. it is dangerous it is mm-hmm. it is it stops you in your tracks mm-hmm. um has that been probably one of the biggest struggles trying to convince people that this isn't just a mm. fad yeah i think one of the weirdest parts of my celiac journey was when it came in as like a health fad. It was mm. this really wacky time of um, there being way there's so much gluten free out there, gluten free mm. food out there, which is incredible. There was a time where you really had mm. to be like, I'm gluten free. I'm a celiac. I get really sick if I have it. I can't, you know, and that's sort of a conversation that you have with people every time that you go out and eat anywhere. There's always mm. that. You know, you kind of have to explain that. Um, but when it was a fad, it was – you just felt like, a, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> I actually remember a time when you, if you went into a restaurant and said, I'm celiac, mm. they actually would have – like 
I, my understanding was a, mm. a restaurant and a chef would be trained to understand this is what that means. Yeah. And if you said it, you mm. would they would go, okay, we respect that, and they'd go and do something completely different. Yes. Whereas now it's almost like your eyes, they roll their eyes at you. Yeah, and it, and it <laughs> is. There are definitely some places where you go in and you kind of, I don't experience it too much, which is great. Um, Newcastle, which is my hometown where I'm from, lots of places are really good with knowing what celiac mm. disease is and the difference is. Um, but whenever I'm away somewhere else in a different town or whatever, it's there is that mm. extra, you know, explaining that you have to do with, with what it is and people look at you like, okay, it's like, no... The chips say that they're gluten, like they're potato. Yeah, yeah that's gluten yeah. free, but it's in the same yeah, oil yeah, as yeah, gluten, yeah. so I can't have that. And they look at yeah. you like, "What do you mean?" Like, don't yeah. worry, with the chips, just put some salad on the side. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Have I'll, you got an apple? I'll just have yeah, an I'll apple. just eat an apple. An It'll be fine. okay. Give me some lettuce. That's yeah. fine. I'll pay full price. Exactly. <laughs> or more, more for the gluten free options, the gluten tax. We love it. We're, we're so, so with that in mind, I mean, did it did, because giggle and learn, which we now talk about, which is your Jack the Celiac um, project, mm-hmm. one of the many projects. Yes. I'm aware that this is not the just like your hidden illness. This is one portion of you. There's lots of other bits. Yeah. Um, with with that in mind, with this whole idea that it is quite. For those that can't see my inverted comma trendy, <laughs> um, has it has have you has there been any position where people have kind of gone? Oh, it's doing the gluten thing with kids and like you know, or is it, or are you surrounded by people that understand and and are championing and supporting what you're doing? I think I'm super fortunate that I'm surrounded by mm. people who are championing it. I think um, I haven't come across that yet. I'm fully expecting that it will come across. Um, especially, you know, there's people out there who, who are like that and don't understand. But, um, yeah, I think with – I since um, launching my children's book back in 2021, I really got into the gluten-free community online. Yeah, right. Before then I wasn't a part of it because I thought I knew everything. I'd been yeah. a celiac for 10 years. I know what I'm doing. Turns out I know what I'm doing, but like lots yeah. of people know what you yeah. know, or that other. It's stuff. quite exhausting when you only know those groups, like particularly the yes. cooking groups, and people go cook yeah. this, and you kind of go, I don't, I just, it's like a can't. Yeah, I, just, I don't want to. So much. Like, oh my it's god. So much. You all might be feel really guilty, but I just want ducks. <laughs> I just want toast, even if it is gluten free. I, yeah, I just want something simple. <laughs> I want something simple. Yeah, I wanted to eat it between that room and that room because I've got to do something yeah. in that room. <laughs> it needs to be in two places. Yeah. I can't have too much going on. So the online. Can community has been has been a bit of an eye-opener for you yes and i think like there's just hearing people talk about it talk about um celiac disease talk Mm -hmm. about living with it talk about you know just the realities of every day Mm. that i live with but just hearing someone else Mm. they also go through that stuff like trusting people to make your food and trusting that they understand I know that I do that, but hearing it on a podcast by somebody else going, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, that is a massive thing that we're constantly, mm. we're just trusting our health with complete strangers. Yeah. Um, so that has been incredible. And that's something that I'm hoping with Jack, he can sort of be that for yeah. yes, kids. Yes, I understand. Yeah, but it's, it's speaking to the one child in the room that isn't being spoken to. Exactly, yeah. So um, 
So what was missing? What did you, if, you, if you're looking at that field, if you're looking in, in early childhood, you're looking at children's content and you're looking at um, the celiac, or, or the multiple things that you, um, your body's decided to trip you up with, yeah. what, um, what, what did you think personally, what was missing? Why was this important for you to, yeah. to do? I, I missed this when I was younger. Mm. Um, I didn't have someone that I knew immediately around me that had what I had that was going through what I was going through. Um, but there wasn't anything in the media. There wasn't any, mm. like, songs to, to listen to or things to watch or books to read or anything. And there's a lot more of that starting to happen now. But I think um, I had... I had the uplifting and I had the sort of like representation and stuff through my parents telling Mm. me I can do and be and whatever. Um, And I felt that there was a gap for kids who's, you know, who might not be in a a position to have that representation straight in in Mm. their community. Um, So I felt that that was needed. The kids out there needed that representation. And that it's a lot for, um, for parents like, a change to have a really sick kid and then figuring out all that stuff, mm. trying to keep their kid healthy and alive and thriving. And then you have to throw fun on top of that and all of this other stuff. It can really pile up. So I'm hoping with this as well, it's a way for parents to be able to focus on that, but also take a bit of weight off their shoulders. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because I don't think we talk, I think we talk quite a lot about, there, there is a real thing in in children's content, mm. which which I think is great, where we are really throwing a wider net across the audience and trying to compensate for children that probably aren't being represented all the time. But I think within that, we and and rightly so, we focus in on the uh, on the children, but we have to don't look at the parent who's trying to find ways to communicate yeah. with their children. Definitely, and we leave them out of that kind of conversation quite a lot. Yeah, when like. Um, when it comes to, I mean, any child, but specifically chronically ill kids, it's the whole family. It's mm. the siblings, it's the parents, it's the grandparents, it's anyone who's in there. It's friends as well. Like I know even now I'm so lucky to have an amazing group of friends who understand celiac mm. disease. Like I stayed at a friend's place last night and her housemate put the um, the knife that was on the gluten bread into the butter. She was like, no. <laughs> like and she, they just understand, yeah. but that's through me educating and me talking about it and having been given the tools and the ability mm. to do that in a way that it's not super scary. Mm. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a community thing. Parents mm. are as involved in this. Like I know that in my family, my parents are so involved in my life and so grateful for that, but they had, they had to be mm. They're They're in amongst the, the health mess with with the child. That's the why mm. it exists. So let's talk about the how. I mean, this feels like it's a bit of a one. I mean, even though at the end there's like little credits. Yes. I feel that's more your nature because you can't help but just go, oh, but that person drove me to that place that time, so I'm going to put them. I'm going to put a thank you on there. I have to. It wasn't yeah. just me. It wasn't just me. But I, I get the sense it's very. You, you, it's a lot of it's you. Yes. Is that is that a is that a combination of because you do strike me as someone who's kind of intrigued on how to know as well. Mm. Like I think there's a combination. Like often 
I, and I think I'm similar with people like, oh, did you, you know, why are you doing it all yourself? And you kind of go, well, I, I actually, there's a, there's a joy like of learning it. stuff I don't know. Yeah. And I, I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy that aspect of it. Mm. Um, so this was largely a one person show yeah putting it together yeah so i had a um i had a wonderful little just before you go on how did you make sure you were in focus <laughs> that's my number one thing is when i'm filming myself i go how? i always did i get to the end and go i moved it and focused focus. it on the thing behind me and now yeah. let's uh, anyway god i was lucky to have crew on set so it wasn't okay, just good. me thank goodness because otherwise i would not yeah, have been I in focus do it that much alone no that's, not that's, that that's insane <laughs> what are you crazy i think i definitely um there are many things that I can do and many things that I like to do but and if I could do it all myself I probably would which probably wouldn't be good for my health but I would no we'll, mm. we'll definitely, we, will, we will get to that that's that's in the questions um, but I did um I had an opportunity with ABC Haywire last year as one of their trailblazers which was wonderful and incredible and with that they have um some opportunities to get some help with funding um so with that I did get some some mm. help um, in that way so I could hire a crew of regional artists, um, all people working in um, in Newcastle mm. in all different capacities and which is a massive part. I am so passionate apart from Jack, you know, the core of it, but paying people for what they do, right? Totally. For the, these um, amazingly talented people, like I had an animator, an editor, and I had two people on set with me, yeah. um, which just help to lift the load so I could focus on one of many things. I was still doing many things on set, but <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it was just really awesome to have that support mm. and to be able to like compensate them yep. for the time that they were taking out of doing other jobs and things like that. So, And did you, did you write each episode? I did. Because I must <laughs> say the scripting's really, the scripting's really beautiful and, and it's quite, um, the thing that really struck me, is I think particularly when you when you're talking about a subject that you are really trying to communicate to the person that mm. it needs to be important to, mm. you've got to, you've got to be really careful about the language you use and yeah. you and you can't you you need to try really hard not to trip on the language not to get the language incorrect mm. and I think that's what's really stood out in the episodes is just yeah. that the language is very exact. And very natural. Um, how much did you agonise over that? Did you get any other people in to write with you? Did you just go, can you read this and make sure? I have I said something? Have I mentioned soy sauce without realising it or something? Like, yeah. I mean, is there, like, what did you what did you go through? I wish I had other people read the script beforehand. <laughs> that would have really helped okay. the timing I of the episode. I had enough money to get someone to hold the camera yeah. and that was it. All right. That's, I don't know. That's all. I know. How much money you thought I got from ABC? <laughs> But um, no, I didn't. I spent a lot of time um, going over the wording and how to word things properly. I'm lucky I get to work with kids all the time and work with kids in like a health setting all the time as well, which um, is an incredible like asset to have when it comes to, to Jack. So I think from that experience, knowing how to word, not that in that capacity, we talk about health a lot, but knowing how to word things in a way mm. of it, not being scary, like, oh, okay, a blood test or something. Oh, you know, yeah. it'll be super chill. No worries. It will be like this. It'll be so fine. Mm. Um, and that's the, the way that I worded things is the way that I word things to my people yeah. all the time. Yeah. I think I talk about celiac disease and Jack language constantly. Did you, did you, did you ad lib much? Like as a performer, did you ad lib? Or as a performer, did you know the benefits of really understanding and knowing a script? Yeah, I think there was a 
bit of both. So when it came to like key phrases of things, it was very much trying yep. to follow that. Um, there are other bits and pieces where it's like, I know the gist of it. Yeah. We will f- <laughs> I read the script properly two days before yeah, I wrote yeah, it two yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> I know what I'm getting at. It just occurred to me, I haven't even, we haven't even talked about Jack. So, no. so at what point did you... <laughs> Entirely based around this yak. <laughs> All right. So you're asleep one day, I assume, and then you wake up at three o'clock in the morning Bing. in a start and you go, Oh my god, Jack the silly yak. I had a dream. Um, it was a how, did, how did that how did <laughs> I pushed it away for three and a half years? No, I was like, please go um, away, kept so haunting how did, me. Um, yeah, how did, how did that feel when you finally landed on that? I mean, it's obvious, right? Yeah, it is. And did you Google it like we all do and go, no, it's done it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. They, um, I, yeah, I came up with it. it. Actually, it all started in uni. So speaking of not using my um, my illness as inspiration, I did my final year, final semester, I caved. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to super randomly, I had extra units I had to fill. Mm. And as someone, like you said earlier, I love learning new things. I'm just throwing myself in yeah, the deep end. Yeah and just figuring it out as I go, I decided to do a design course. Yeah, of course. Because the end, um, at the end of that, you know, course. What did you study? Did you study performance? I just, I um, I studied a communication degree, majored yep. in media production. So. Um, at, at uni? At, at New yeah, South Wales, at, sorry? At Newcastle University. Newcastle, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> no, I know Newcastle's got quite a good course for that. Yes, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's changed heaps over the years mm. as well, which is really cool. Um, but I learned lots through that, learned what I'm good at, learned what I should not do, which is like <laughs> be behind the camera, holding the camera. I just cannot figure it out. So I guess what else do but that it for turns me? Out I'm really good at making collage animals <laughs> randomly. Turns out I'm really good at just getting random pieces of brown paper. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a uni course. And then I just came up with this idea. I kind of went in with the idea of going Jack the Celiac. It's about celiac disease. And then we we're trying to figure out what my like illustrating style was. I'm not good at drawing. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. But wow, it was a struggle for yeah. a while. I remember my tutor came up to me once. She's like, are you sure you should be here? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm trying. I know you do... thought this was going to be a couple of easy units to get, but really I really don't think you're going to do it as good as It was probably the you... hardest course I did my whole degree. Um, but then I was just, I think I was just at home and I was like, well, Brilliant. I like gluing things together. And he just came together the first draft and he was just perfect. So, and that's and that's the one you've, that's you've landed it. on? Wow. Yeah. Because he's pretty, I mean, I must say he's pretty amazing. He's pretty great. Yeah. I'm very proud. I... I have it all the time when writing songs, not not specifically my children's songs, but I write like mm. um, folk pop songs too. Um, when I write a song and it happens quickly, I know it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think it was just sort of like that gut feeling of, okay, this is it. Showed it to mum yeah, who's like my biggest you, critic yeah. and biggest support. She's like, perfect. Perfect, yeah. yeah. Is that, how close are you getting Jack turned into like a proper puppet because he would look amazing 3d he would be amazing because he kind of he's got the thing i love about him is he's kind of got that well i guess it's just like a yak but i kind of want yeah. him to be like a like a dog yeah he, he looks a big he dog does. like just sits there i think and, he's got dog energy yeah. <laughs> he's definitely got like labrador energy he's bouncing off the walls all the time so you, so you created yeah so okay you created <laughs> jack and you went okay. I've got I've got the character now. Yeah. Um, and because then you did the the book as way yes. before the rest of it. So yeah. How? Why? How? Yeah. So I in that course put this 
book together. It wasn't very good. It was fine. But then I knew 2020 was the year for writing this book. Somehow deep down, part of me knew we were going to be locked in our houses for a long period of time. Um, So I was like, 2020, I won't do any theatre. I'll just work on the book. And then I did. And Mm. um, spending a lot more time inside and just kind of like locked in my room, I just smashed it out faster than Mm. I thought I would, not having as much work in that time. Mm. And yeah, it just kind of came together and then I knew that I wanted to put it out there, but I didn't know what that looked like. Mm. Um, so then tried to get in touch with publishers, which is tricky as a, um, you know, yeah, unpublished. Absolutely. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky feat. Discovered that wasn't going to happen. So is it, who's it published through? So I published through in-house publishing. So it's a co-publishing yeah. partnership. Um, they're up in Brisbane um, and they were if anyone out there is trying to publish a book, um, you have to invest all of your own mm. money into it. But they were so helpful. They were Unlike so Unlike everything else that you do, right? Yeah. Unlike everything else as an artist. <laughs> exactly. You just get, you just get endless grants and yep. just, you know, money from benevolent funders <laughs> that just want to support you. <laughs> exactly. But this is one of the rare things rare where you have things to put, where you your, have own, to put your, your own, own money, money in. in. Yeah, okay. Shocking. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. But they were incredible. They were really helpful and you got this whole package and then I got help from my local community council to do a launch um and from there i was like okay there's more to this than it just being a children's can we run really fast run 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 jack the celiac really likes to sing can we sing la la be like Jack the Celiac and friends, but we're going to tie in their name and the illness that they have in some way. Um, so, so the, I mean, because again, I, I keep trying to come back to the show, then we just hurl off into some other <laughs> completely different. And I did so say at the start, I have questions, but I really <laughs> stick to them. Because um, one thing about the, the the series, and it's it's correct me if I'm wrong, but there's the three episodes yes. currently. Yeah. Um, plus there's some other little little bits of content like the intro song and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really struck me um, is it's really beautiful from that. It, like it's 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 so it's so honest and clearly comes from such honest experience so that the communication everything you talk about um one of like what it's like just I'm going to start that question again because I was trying to mash two together then I decided <laughs> not to do two and then I just got really lost. And Your then brain's just like celebrity. floating. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> and then I just saw, oh, I've got an email. Then I just had to see. <laughs> we have the same okay. kind of brain, Benny. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to get a vacuum and just clean up the carpet. <laughs> so, okay, so, so the, the, the thing that really struck me about the, the three episodes is they're, they're, it's really beautiful from the perspective of, of it's a real honest experience and I can tell that and I can tell that through the guests you choose and things like that. Mm. Um, and 
just the decisions that you've made on the things you want to talk about can only come from someone who really understands it and not from someone who's going, this is something I think we should help kids with. Yeah. Um, how, how, do you, how do you decide what's pertinent enough to put in an episode mm. or when do you just say I can, like I mean saying I'm going to do three must have been... Mm. And then to pick the three things yeah. that are really important because I think about you've got the the second episode, which I love, it talks to that mother and, mm. and like you mentioned before, she's talking about mm-hmm. how they had to rearrange their house in order to yes. suit this. But then, yeah. then the second one of the, in the restaurant, mm-hmm. like these are things that even I was like, <laughs> yeah, obviously they, they are the, the most important things that I would never have thought about. Yes, and I think that's why. They're mm. the things that I've seen the most online of what is gluten? Mm. What is this stuff? Um, and then going to a friend's house. And these are things that I experienced mm. um, and they're the things that stand out from when I was younger. What are the things that really impacted me as a young person and what, what was important to me? Um, and going to a friend's place is mm. massive. And mm. how do you do that in a way that you're safe and you're comfortable and you're, you know, your, your parents are safe and comfortable? So I think, and I tried to pick topics that were somewhat broad so then in the future perhaps we can narrow down mm. more into mm. them um but yeah just you know at home how do you set up your house yeah. when they're going to a friend's house which kids want to do and it's a rite of passage as as a kid to go and stay over as a friend's house i think and yeah. experience that going over because you're also you it just occurred to me then you're also talking about something that children don't really have a lot of control over yes which i hadn't really thought of before yeah. like it's it's sort of you can't really provide cooking lessons because mm. mm. you're potentially talking to a four or five year old yes. and you're going you can't do your own meals you can't go grab a knife and make sure no. that knife hasn't been touched um, which adds a whole different level of complexity it really does and yeah I think giving kids tools to have control like they can control whether they put that elastic band on that container to know that it's their gluten-free mm. food they have control of what they want in their snack pack when they go out and about with their family. Like these are very relatively easy things for these kids to do. So not only are they educating themselves by doing it, but they know, they know, okay, they know this is my food. Um, I know that, you know, I know this is mine and I know that I can do this and I can show my friends. Kids love educating people. Mm. Like you, if Mm. you go up to a kid and they're playing with a car and you go, how does that car work? Yeah. Show me how fast does it go. They're just gonna like. Yeah, and they explode. love the, they love the authority. They love knowing mm, that they've got authority it. over information. That like yes. I think I think in all my years of early childhood, when you come across a child with a peanut allergy, which mm. I think is also very similar, because mm. the kids that have peanut allergies, I mean that massive you you carry an EpiPen you get an ambulance yes that other children Mm. it's probably not quite like that but the ones that have got it but the ones that have got it really exist in this world where Mm. they just go I can't have that I can't touch they know they so know yeah hi my name's Paulina and my daughter is a celiac she was diagnosed when she was 13 so up until then Everyone in our family had been really healthy. We had it apart from when my children were born. We hadn't had the kids at hospital at all. And um, and it was really scary relying on people I didn't know to help fix the problem. Would you bring children into the series? Is that a plan? I would love because to. Because kids also love listening to kids, right? Yes, they definitely do. And I think in that, um, we'd love to give representation to kids that have celiac disease and give them that opportunity to come in and be the Mm. interviewee or, um, you know, um, 
Sesame Street style, have them come in and have a chat to Jack and things mm. like that. So I would love to be able to do that. You would just need to make Jack a 3D puppet with a voice. He would have to be. <laughs> um, I did spend this morning looking into puppets. Yeah. What a confusing, crazy world. Totally. I was like, I don't yeah. know what what are puppets. So. Well, if the Larrikin puppets are out there listening, then uh, get in touch because we, we need some – well, I don't. I've just decided now I'm doing it. We're we all, need help. All I, need to, I need to make this puppet. Everyone's a part of Jack the Silly I need to make this dog. It's a, it's a yak. No, yeah. I know, but we're going to make it a dog. Because yeah. the other thing about the series is which, are, which again, it's probably not intentional. It could just be me reading a lot into it. Is mm. is all the guests, uh, which are really like the first one you've got the um, the first episode has kind of the the dietitian on yeah. it, and the second one has the parent, yeah. and then the third one has. <laughs> we'll get to that. The restaurateur. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what what you've actually elected to do is have the have adults. Mm. It was that. Is that a conscious thing? Is that because you? I mean, the, the overthinking part of me is like, well, you you want the adult because the adult represents safety, and mm. a child can feel that. Okay, I know, I know. There's people out there that understand this, and I can feel trust in that. Yeah. Um, then you've also got the aspect of all well, adults are the authority, so mm. you know you need to listen to this. I mean, was there? Is it? Was it just? Easy and you knew these people? <laughs> um, I didn't think that, but that's incredible. <laughs> you will um, from now on. Yeah, from now on I will think that. Um, I really want to, like, I know that I'm not a medical professional mm. and I want people to understand that. Like Deirdre who came in, she was my dietitian when I was first diagnosed. So we go way back. Mm. She's a wonderful human. Um, and I wanted people with lived experience mm. to come in and to talk about it from, yeah, a point of authority. But I think kids out there, like, they need adults. They yeah. need us to advocate for yeah. them. And that's why, in a way, Jack doesn't have a voice. Maybe he will yeah, one okay. day. Yep. Um, and that's why I sort of – that's the idea behind me translating for him. It's yep. like kids can – obviously they have voices. But when it comes to the medical world, sometimes, you know, and I have that. Even now as an adult, mum will come to – if I'm really unwell, will come to appointments sure. with me and my doctor will go, how you been? I'm like – I've been fine. She's like, well, yeah. no, actually. Yeah. It's exactly so, what Joe does. She yeah. comes with me and goes, no, you haven't? Why are you saying that? Yeah, you oh. have been really unwell. I was like, yeah, but today I'm good. So in the scheme of dying, I'm yeah. fine today. Yeah, but it was better today than it was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. was a, like, what? Exactly. Um, that's interesting that about not giving Jack a voice though because mm. I guess I'm sort of trying to work out the plus and minus of that because yes. I guess the immediate – Minus is well. Are you then taking the voice away from the mm. child? But then the plus is, are you providing the context that a child can again, like I said before, find safety in the adult that's mm. there to represent them? Yes. What's what is? Is it more that? Is it more about saying it's okay for you to to reach out to an adult? Yeah, or? I think so. And it was a it was a debate for a while of should he have and. It was also a debate of what sound does he make. He do, I don't want him to make a yak sound because they, they are wild. What do you think? Oh, yeah, exactly. like, it's not quite the quiet. vibe I'm looking for. So I thought about it for a long time. Like, I'm not sure what I want it to be. Um, but it was always going to be this, like, Blue's Clues style. Like, I mean, yeah. Blue and Blue's yeah. Clues, she does make her little, yeah. like, yeah, doggy sounds. Yeah. yeah, but... Um, it's one of those things of, you know, they always have that adult there helping mm. helping them mm. and that's in this world, in Jack's world, I don't have celiac disease. He does. I'm yeah. healthy in that yeah. world. Well, 
you know. I understand, yeah. Yeah, um, don't have a chronic illness in that world. Um, well, you're the other person in the room that's respecting and understanding where Jack yeah. is and you, and you are respecting enough to go, yeah, I, I, we need to make this Exactly, yeah, let's make this you. fun. I'm there to facilitate what, what he needs, so I'm there. He's like, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever he needs in a way. I like pizza, do you like pizza? Actually, because I, I, like I don't know why, and it seems very unlike me. I hadn't even really given it much thought that mm. he didn't speak. Which is good. That's good for me. That it is good for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm mm. a little bit um, appalled at my research <laughs> skills. I should have, I should have, I should have picked up. How dare me? Um, Okay, so let's let's go back into the show mm. and just park the the illness for a little moment. Yes. I would have to say, out of the three, the cafe one. <laughs> is without, just wait until you see the bloopers, Benny. Without question, like just the moustache. Like I just, I, I had this moment. Where I was going. It's gonna. I, I don't know if I'm okay with this, but there's gonna be an accent, isn't there? Like, I was waiting to be French or Italian or something, and I was like, I don't think you should. But um, um, but yeah. I mean, why? Why are you? Why? And I know why, because it's amazing. But why are you the the waiter? Um, the on the accent that was a debate for a while, and I'm like. But you I, accent, no, did I just no, did. Yeah, yeah. I was just like really strong Aussie accent. I mean, I am part Italian, so it would have been fine. Oh, but it's also, fine, but just, just this mustache is the, so honestly, amazing and huge. I, I learned a lot from that mustache. Is take the makeup <laughs> off first because there was a point where it kept oh, I, i'm oh, gonna post right, the yeah. bloop there will be bloopers posted um mm. in september so keep an eye out on my instagram because they are wild they make me cry i've laughed every time um it was a, it was a, anyway i'll explain mm. the mustache later it was a journey um but with that like i love playing characters yeah. i love having fun and i wanted that to be sort of like I could have got another actor in. Yeah. Could have done all that. But I think having a bit of a... Actually, the third episode had the most debate of what to do about it. Oh, okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So with that one and with debate, it was within my own brain. I was like, what am I supposed... I had episode one, episode two written. Where the heaviest debates often It is. They're scary debates. And then episode three came around. I'm like, I don't... I have no... What I'm... Mm. Out and about? Am I going out and about? What am I doing? Because well, that's actually because one of the other things I've got about the moustache in that episode is um, <laughs> I love that you have a thing about moustache. <laughs> that's the only thing I could like. <laughs> but it's to me, it was like the absolute most relevant yeah. episode. Mm. Like that, even even not as someone who you know I don't live as a celiac, and mm-hmm. you know I have to be careful with what I eat, but I, it's not that extreme. But even I felt. 
attached to that episode. I just kind of went, that feels really real to me. Mm. I understand the other stuff, but it's not my world. Mm. For some reason, I feel like every place I go, there's probably 10 people in the room living this. For sure, yeah. And it feels really... um, yeah, which is interesting because that's how I felt. But then at the same time, it's the one that you went, ah, screw it. I'm going to wear a moustache. Just go for it. Let's just see what happens. Which, again, is probably my curse of overthinking stuff. But <laughs> I, th- I think what it did do, though, I think what was really nice about it is the the, the, the first two episodes, and, and I think the guests that, the or the people that the, you meet out and about, mm-hmm. or the what do they what does Jack call it adventure. the, the, the adventures? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's information, mm. it, and it's not information heavy. It's still presented in a way that's really accessible, but it is information. Whereas yeah. this one, it was like this this idea of like going, okay, there's still going to be, there can still be nonsense within it all, yes. which is definitely when information becomes the most enjoyable and I know that I learn the best when Mm. there's fun and silliness involved and that's a whole like Jack the celiac he's silly he loves to be silly I love being silly and I feel so lucky that I get to be silly every day of Mm. my life and um that's you know to make this heavy information accessible Mm. for people um it's just like it's the dream really Mm. to have this because talking about chronic illness especially in kids is yeah. it's sad it's yeah. hard it's scary mm. it makes you angry at the world like kids are going through what um but to be able to like deliver it to the world in a way of going yeah okay it's a lot but let me let me show mm. you how it doesn't have to feel like a lot yeah. you can learn about it and know about it without being like this is too much i can't deal with the thought of it i think also too because it is so isolating a so world isolating. it's so yeah. isolating and then the only people that are there to kind of really give you information and give you an understanding are quite often physicians and so mm. on and 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 they and and they need to be but they're very dry and they hand yes. out Facts that are often at the very pointy end of the potential fact, uh-huh. whereas you might not be at the pointy yep. end, but you walk away dealing with the pointy end, mm. and then realizing actually no, I'm more at the blunt end of this. Yes. Um, that I guess I guess there is just that need, isn't there, to kind of go. This is the flip side. Is I'm like you, and this isn't. Yeah. I can still laugh and make a joke about it. And you can you can live with it. Like mm. you can you can manage it, and you can live a life with this illness and there's ways to do that um and a lot of people like you talk about chronic illness or you talk about getting sick and all that stuff and people go oh I'm so sorry like that's so hard it's like well now I feel bad about it I felt fine until yeah. that point and I feel bad about bringing it up because I now feel, I feel like now you're I've sad kind of about made everyone it. yeah totally yeah and when there's like not gluten-free food or someone makes something and brings it to a party and they go oh I'm so sorry I didn't think I didn't do yeah. this it's like Chill, man. Yeah. I don't Chill. need a slice this of cake. This happens all the time. I'm fine. I have my bag's filled with stuff. <laughs> I've got my own cake that you can't have. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like let's get try there. and shift I get the... there. What restaurant works for you? And you go, every single restaurant works yes. for me. Because I will walk in and go, I won't have that, 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 that. That thing's probably going to be okay. Exactly. And I'll have it. And I'm not here for the food. I'm here to hang out with all of you. A hundred percent. it's okay. That is such a good way of looking yeah. at it. And it's so true. It yeah. is so true. All right. Are we ready to order? Uh, before I do, could you help show me what your gluten-free options are on your menu? My friend Jack is a celiac, so he needs some super gluten-free food. 
we might mark them down on our menu with GF for gluten-free and GFO for gluten-free option if they have to swap something out for a celiac friendly food. Ah yes, we have salads, they are all gluten-free. We have gluten-free buns for the burgers. For the bolognese, we have gluten-free pasta and the pizza's gluten-free bases. And for the desserts, we have gluten-free donuts and we have gluten-free cupcakes. See, they have so many gluten Who who actually who animates Jack? Is that you? No. So it's um Cuz it's some it's really subtle, but as a, as a person who watches YouTube and goes, yeah. "I can do that." I did watch <laughs> Jack and went, "Oh, there's some, there's some actually complex little twists going on here." Yeah. Here. Um his name's Kelton O'Shea. He's in Newcastle. Great. Amazing worked, name. Yeah, it, it is amazing right. Name. He's such an amazing character too. <laughs> He's fantastic. I've worked with him I've known him since like 2014. Mm. We did our first show together um, and we worked at Tantrum Youth Arts together for a long time and things like that. Um, and he's just incredible. Like he, I just ask him to do something. He's like, yep, I'll do it and just does it. So yeah. he, he animated Jack and yeah, super stoked with the it's results. It's really awesome because it's so subtle and yeah, gentle. Yeah, the little but moving of his ears Yeah, just, it's like really. Yeah, it's, he's breathing. It's, yeah, I kind of watch it when there's, there's, that's someone who kind of really knows what they're he's kind of working out. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's actually just talk about the music. Mm. Let's just get right down to, you know, this, this is such a big topic. You're very big. In that little gentle, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, no. but like the the way you present is is so gentle and honest and approachable. But mm. you are a storm within that. <laughs> um, but then you just all your songs are just a ukulele and singing, yeah, and a little plonky piano, yeah, yep. children's piano or a glockenspiel, uh, yeah, yeah, there. a little glocky. Yeah. Why, what was it? What's why? No, didn't feel the need to go. Let's yeah. do bigger. Let's produce it bigger. No. Just. I very much like just recorded it live in my office at home with my producer and um, who's incredible in so many ways. And I really wanted it to sound like it would live because I yeah, knew right. like um, it didn't need to be this big thing. The The music kind of just carries what I'm saying in it, mm. but I really wanted it to be they could listen to it on Spotify and mm. then what they get live which is me in a ukulele without a microphone in a room yeah is the same it's it's the same music so i just i didn't think it needed to be overcomplicated music yeah great no that's perfect answer because i I kind of again it feels if it feels like it's all lands in the same world as the actual episodes Mm. do where you, you you sort of almost I don't think it's about wanting them to to become bigger, but just realizing that just where they sit, the simplicity of all of it is is kind of really relevant. Yes, and it's nice to know that it it is considered because it didn't feel mm. it didn't feel not considered. Mm. It felt like you were intentionally going, no, no, this is where it sits. Yeah. So when you do play live, yes, do you? Um, I mean, I have to ask, is the room filled with celiacs or is it filled with people wanting to know about celiacs? Yeah. so Because you, you've really created a very niche. really weird. Very niche <laughs> place for yourself. I, I really have, Benny. <laughs> um, I haven't done a lot of shows. I'm... That's a um, getting into more shows mm. end of this year, beginning next year, and which I'm super excited about. Um, but, you know, things things get in the way of shows. Totally, yeah. Um, but... Earlier this year I did Fringe Festival in Newcastle and that was a bit of an experiment as Fringe is 
fantastic to do that for. Um, and yeah, it was like I had one show where there was a wacky. I didn't know any any of the kids, which was really awesome. So all just strangers mm-hmm. coming to the show. Um, and it was a mix. It was a mix of yeah, kids okay. who had celiac disease or their parents were or knew somebody and then kids that were just along for, just the, ride. for the ride. And what was the feedback? I mean, you must have had amazing feedback I, from the kids and, and from the parents, I imagine. Definitely. I always say that when you see a parent, like, taking a photo of a kid because we sort of do, like, <laughs> yeah, a show right. for half it's an really hour cool, yeah. and then 15 minutes where we do, like, crafting so we get to sit and chat and connect with yeah. the kids and stuff. And when parents were coming over and taking photos of them, I was like, mm, good. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I actually never thought about that, but mm. that's, that's the ultimate compliment with a, yeah. when a parent is so enamoured by the way the child's behaving that, that they like, want a picture of it. Yeah. Because that's, that's a keepsake of the joy the child's feeling. Exactly. It's not a keepsake of the concert. No, that's definitely like, look, not. I look at that yep. and go, look how happy my child was at that moment. So yeah, it's true. really good to all those people listening. That's a beautiful yep. measurement. I hadn't really thought about that yeah, before. Yeah, because I think there are some times where, you know, people are on their phones all the time, but I think it was in that in the moment of... We're not really doing a lot. We're around these tiny little craft tables where we've got glue, Mm. pencils and like Mm. a jack that everyone's creating. So there's not a lot happening. Mm. But, um, yeah, so that was. And I had lots of people um, love it and their kids were like listening to the album on the way home and all things like that. So that was amazing to hear and that had value. Are they, they, how much have you learned from those? Have you done them and gone, next time here's what? Yeah. I think I learned a lot of like... Um, how to manage a crowd of small humans <laughs> because it's a it's an interactive well, show. When you work that out, share it with yeah, everyone else because I don't think anyone has worked that out. Yeah, I think it was like just learning the ways and I think I'll do the setup differently mm. next time because it it's an interactive show mm. so we move around and things like that. Um, but having the parents and such like eyeline, kids just want to like go to their parents sometimes. Yeah. So you'd be like in the middle and as kids do, they just get up and they're like, I'm gone. Totally, All right. Yeah, I'm done. I'm See over you there. when yeah. you decide to come back. Um, so yeah, that was big. So, so it is, it is, it's, it is, I mean, and I think that's probably your theatre history as well, yes. like the interaction. I mean, we're, we're, could you see this being in a in a group of a, a huge group like on a stage because it's a very different kind of message you're trying to share, right? Yeah, I think it could be. I think the show would be very different, but I'm massive on like immersive theater. So mm. my dream for Jack's shows is for it to be like this big you know, find your own adventure, mm. discovery, immersive mm. space that kids can come in and there's a show in there and there's music and there's Jack, uh. but they can just go and like, like I did a show um, many, many moons ago and it was talking about chronic illness, for, but for adults and it was very immersive. There was slime mm. involved. There was all kinds of stuff and trying to find ways to like physically, cause it's invisible. You can't see it. Yep. Ways to physically show and represent what people are going through. Mm. Um, I think really helps the yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And they, they need to, yeah, it's, it's, I think when your message is that specific, you need to be able to communicate yes. it really personably. Is that the word? Very. Nah, it works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> um, only a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming in oh. and filling us all in. So uh, really quickly, Ben Price, he's listed on two of those songs. Yes. Who? Ben Price is a beautiful, magical human being. Um, he is one of my business mentors. He's worked in the music industry for a really, really long time. Um 
and he works with my mum, which is so such a random thing. But they they both work at this place called the Business Center, which I have to say I give massive credit to yeah. them. They helped heaps with Giggle and Learn. I auspiced through them, so mm. they like held the money and, and supported, um, and have incredible mentors. And he's a mentor there. Mm. And mum was sort of like, ah, this guy just started at my work. He does music yeah. things. Should I send him stuff? I was like, sure. And then he was like, oh, come over, let's record the songs, yeah, let's yeah. do it. And then we did, and we just finished recording a song together a few weeks ago. And um, he's just so, he's one of the people that makes what I do easy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just so supportive, so passionate, so knowledgeable about about the music industry he's done. And he co-wrote them with you? Or? No, so I wrote them. Um, he um, produced them yep. and he played the glockenspiel yep. in them. Yeah, yep. so I wrote them all. I play the ukulele and I sing them yep. all. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what you're saying about pairing them back because if you did study piano mm. like you're told, um, <laughs> you know, that, that lends itself to a real knowledge of music. Mm. Yes. Which would make you want to, oh, I can add this and make that and this and this, but no, no, I will not. Just me and a ukulele. And I think he asked me that. He's like, do you want a piano? I was like, no, just the ukulele, just me in my office with the ukulele, me singing, keep it simple. Yeah, that's great. I, that's really, I, I, that's awesome. Um. <laughs> Talk us through, I don't know, like as long as you want to or as briefly as you want to, talk us through Chasing Lions and Precondition. Yes. yes. So Chasing Lions, I came out of uni, had no idea what I was doing with my life. <laughs> um because everyone this, else Because does. everyone, yeah, clearly. You know that you're totally <laughs> I mean, you're just on boxing your, myself in Again, now. you're totally on your own there. <laughs> um, so I did this business course um, through the business centre, um, got a certificate for in small business, and a part of that was to create a business mm. to sort of set up. And the idea with Chasing Lions was I have all these chronic illnesses. It'd be really good to have business that I can do and work in and can be flexible to what I want. Um, Chasing Lights has changed a lot over the years. It started out as like a drama tutoring, um, go to location kind of thing. And then I was like, well, I'm already doing that for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just morphed into this like ground for all of my creative projects yeah. to kind of come out of. Um, which is nice, right, putting it all in the one spot. Which because is, yeah. even if they're all irrelevant or Definitely. have relevance in there, it's kind of just... Go to, go it's to a Chasing Lines. Yeah, go there. It's all there. It's like your portfolio, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so then I, through um, Tantrum Youth Arts in Newcastle, was a resident for them in 2019 and then I created Precondition. So um, I was super passionate about the spoon theory back yep. then. And for those who don't know what that is, um, go check it out. It's this really cool way of explaining use of energy for people who mm. have chronic illness. Um, I could go through it, but I'd be talking about it forever. Uh, but it's just, it's really <laughs> cool. And it really kind of opens your eyes I, up. I think I can, I can do this one quite quickly. So you <laughs> have a, you have a X amount of spoons yes. when you wake up yep. and then every time you expel a bit of energy, you hand out a spoon. Yes. Sometimes the energy requires, Requires three spoons. Sometimes it's one spoon, but you only have X amount of spoons, and at some point, all your spoons are gone, and then that's it. You don't you have do the energy. So it's about regulating how you divvy out those spoons. Is that that's perfect? That's, that's okay, much great. faster than I would have. Just I would because have. I'm just thinking, there's, there's probably someone out there going, "I actually really don't know." Can yeah, what is that? Go do your research. <laughs> 
Um, but we kind of based the show about around that. So mm. precondition was a day in the life of a spoonie. Mm. And I had, it was myself and four other amazing women who all live with different chronic illnesses and different ways. Um, we all kind of came together in the room and was like, okay, how can we best express what we go through in a very generic kind of day. So we took our audiences through um, a day in the life. They started out with their 12 spoons and then they would spend them as the day went Mm. on. But there was a birthday party they wanted to go that evening, so they needed some spoons left over for Mm. that. Um, So they kind of went through. There was you're running late for for work, you can either call a friend or catch the bus or – There's parking, you can park close to work and pay for parking or park further away and have to walk. So like really simple, small decisions. Mm. Um, Everyone was paired up, like they were in their own little groups. They were paired up with one of the ladies who had a chronic illness and they were the specialist of their illness. Um, And then every person, they they were kind of paired up. One person had a chronic illness and one was the support person. So they could ask their support person to do stuff for them. Um, And we had great audiences come in for that. It was a part of a festival in Newcastle and it was, it kind of leads into a lot with what I do with Jack of of showing, not telling, showing these people this is what it's like. And at the end, there were lots of people who came who lived with chronic illness or knew somebody Mm. who then were like, oh, really related to that or going oh wow I had no idea that's what energy was like for people with chronic mm. illness so so I guess the question oh because the last one's a pretty big one <clears throat> and I don't even know if there's an answer or an end so <laughs> I'll just one I'll just sneak one in there folks I did say we'd talk about it at the top but we haven't really touched on it I guess mm. I guess with your chronic illness and the work that you're doing and it's a lot of work yes how do you oh this I'm not sure there's a couple of ways of asking this question i I find that the people I've met in my life that do have they live with a I really like this idea of a hidden illness I, I quite like that mm. term but the chronic chronic hidden illness mm. it's it's almost like they fill their plates quite full. Mm. And and having only it's it's still relatively new for me, but I mm. I don't feel I've ever been more productive in my entire life, yeah. and I can't explain mm. that. And I wonder if it's if you're faced with this idea that I guess you're faced with this idea that things aren't forever. Yeah. yeah. And so your response to that is, I'm not going to let anything go by chance. Then I'm going to just get involved mm. with everything. Um, how do you <clears throat> have you learnt, or how are you learning to try to manage that? Or similarly to the spoon thing, do you use the same concept but with ideas? So mm. you go, I'm quite passionate about this. I have to have, I have to give it some of my time. This, I just. It would be fun, mm-hmm. but I don't really have the passion apart from it would be a great weekend mm. and I just can't do it. Yes. Are you getting better at it? Are you finding you've got more you want to say? Because mm. this this is really, it's really important. And it's not just mm. important, I think, like I think it's important from the perspective of it's it's real longevity and it can grow and it can become more important and it can always change its focus. Yes. It can always morph into more deeper whatever things, you wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, how do you how do you what do you do? That's a, that's a big question. 
That wasn't even the big question. There's like another, there's like a bigger one after that. I'm ready for it. How, how? Um, I think having chronic illness comes with a lot of sacrifice. A lot of prioritizing what you want to do and what you can do. Um, I am a yes person. I have always been a yes person, especially when it comes to telling stories. And hey, want a chronic illness? Yes. So, yeah, clearly, <laughs> it has really done me wrong, done me dirty. I have three. Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to work on your yes. Sometimes you need to, you need to say no. Yes to. <laughs> um, but I think since becoming like in in uni, I was really unwell. Mm. I was doing I was like doing uni full time. Mm. I was doing theatre full time. I was coming out of a project into a project, and mm. I was working casually. And it that did me dirty. Yeah. Like I just I fell down twice, went to hospital twice in mm. two years, and I'd never had that happen yeah. before. So I think like in the scheme of everything, I am so passionate about everything that I do and I think it fills my cup a lot what I do. Talking about it, doing Jack, like I love it so much and it really fills my Mm. cup. Um, But, yeah, it's I think it's it's a constant learning thing. And I guess, I mean, I think what you're saying there about filling the cup too is I think think you sort of tend to over or underestimate Mm. how much energy you get from emotional energy, you know? Yes. Like if you're doing something you don't like, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're dealing with, your body just goes, well, I don't don't want to do it. And if you are... And if you're then on top of that battling with with a genuine physical mm. condition that's trying to rob you of energy, yeah. it's happening much quicker. Yes. Because if your cup's full, mm. even when you're unwell, you're still excited and thinking about the things you're doing and you can do that from your bed and there's no problem with that. You're still... There's always a way to do it, right? I will be bet I will be well enough probably pretty soon mm. to be able to go and do that thing and that's exciting and yeah. I want to do that. Definitely. And I think like I, I've i never been much of like a person who loves to like go out and like be social. Um, I love being social and I love my friends and hanging out with them but I'm definitely yeah, not yeah, out every yeah, night. Yeah. I will like drive back to Newcastle after this and probably <laughs> crash out yeah. and then go to work and then, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, know I think it's, it's a balance of knowing what, knowing what your priorities are and really leaning into that and knowing that there are going to be times, there is going to be times where you're going to have to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And I guess, uh, I mean, you also can't escape your body. At some point it just says, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, thanks, but. Yeah, I, I have these grand visions of used to being able to do. You know, I put the kids to bed at eight, and then I work through to twelve and get stuff done. Just doesn't. And I th- every day I still think it's going to happen. And I think and like every day at seven o'clock I'm crying. I'm so tired. Yeah, you're just crashed out. And I think the comparison to like it's a grieving process mm. when you get diagnosed, regardless of what it is or the scheme of how severe it is, whatever it's what it is to you. Mm. Um, people get colds and just like you know, Mm. are are gone for a long time. It doesn't matter. It's still an illness, right? Mm. And But being diagnosed with a chronic illness, it's a grieving process. It's a process of Mm. going, I have lost who I was before. Mm. There's things that I cannot do now. I can't, you know. But I think, like, holding on to that is just... It's so hard and it's a burden that no one else is putting on you because people are going, well, Betty, you're doing, Mm. you know, you've got your podcast and you're doing like major Mm. matter music Australia and you're doing this Mm. and doing all these incredible things. It's you that's going, oh, yeah, but before I was sick, I could have done this until this time, but no one else is seeing that, Mm. 
you know? Mm. So I think it's trying to, and I find that again, I guess, coming back to community by having those people, if you have those people around you who can support you, mm. talk with them and let them know, like, I'm struggling. They're like, yeah, but like reality check, look at all this amazing mm. stuff that you are doing mm. and that you can now do because of, because I, I'm doing what I'm doing now because I got sick. Yeah, being sick's hard, but... I'm so sorry. Finish that thought. No, no, no. And I think it's just sort of like if I hadn't... If I hadn't gotten sick when I was 13, although, yes, it's hard, but if I hadn't, I wouldn't be sitting here, like, doing this Mm. with you now. I wouldn't be able to, you know, meet incredible people and tell stories and all that. It is so true, and I'm I'm really... And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely deeply grateful that you said that because I, mm. I, I, I've recently I've sort of hit on this thing where I kind of sort of suggest that I almost weirdly think this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. And, and people, some people get really offended and upset when I say that and yeah. they just go, that's just, that's just garbage. You know, you can be positive but you're just now being ridiculous, you yeah. know, and you kind of go... It's really hard to explain, but I don't think any of this would have existed had yes. had I, that not been yep. presented to me. And I yep. and I don't know, and and I don't know why that is. I don't know Mm-mm. if that's faced with this weird, oh my god, the, you know, immortality. You know, mortality yes. is a real thing to yep. me now. Or yep. yeah, I don't know what it is, and mm. I'm sure it's all of these things together. But but people find it really difficult when I look the, look at them and say. In some very strange way, I'm really, really desperately grateful for this because I've I've been able to do things I just don't think I would have ever done. And and I've and no one mm. and I have to say this very blatantly in and mm. in a lot of love to everybody else in my life, no one has ever understood that. And you just said it and it and I'm really grateful you did because mm. it's not something people can come to terms with easily. And it's not, and thank you for that. And it's like it's not people. People will not. And my my mother, although, mm. and my father um, have been on this journey with me since the beginning, right? Not just like of my life, but mm. you know, of yeah. this illness. But they will never get what it's like for me every mm. day, to, from day to day. You know, my partner will never fully get what it's mm. like day to day. But and that's what I found so empowering about doing precondition is we all were all of us women were in a room going, oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. fatigue. You get yeah, it. I talk yeah, to people yeah, all the time, yeah. like, I'm, like, I'm fatigued. And people are like, yeah, I'm tired too. It's like, oh, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, fatigued, though. I got eight hours of sleep, yeah, yeah, ten yeah. hours of sleep, and I'm still wrecked, it's you like know? It's like telling a uh, pregnant woman that you're, um, <laughs> your, your back is sore. Yeah. Oh, my back's so sore. But Shut like, up. Like, you do not have this child. <laughs> I say bananas, you say berries, bananas. You say cherries, apples. Cherries! I say gluten, you say free. And I think gluten. with everything that I've done with my creativity with Jack, it's a way to process mm. what you're going through, what what's happening, and use it in a in a useful way. Mm. It's a way of going, okay, yes, this is what I'm going through, and it makes me think about more of like, okay, gluten, you know, mm. everything. How how can I do this better? What's a different way of doing this? It's a way of and understanding. Even, and it. I think the beauty of what Jack does is you 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 really will never know the people you touch, no. and I think there's something really. Like I think, I think 
you you can and, and I I don't just mean this from the health aspect I mean mm. this from from the actual work and having watched it you are going to reach someone it's going to yeah. happen because it is beautiful and it's done in such a beautiful way and it's respectful and it's all those things and you can live in the comfort that it is going to land with someone yes. and you know that you don't need to know who that person is but mm-hmm. what you do know is there's just and, and it's really cliche when people say it, but I think when you're talking about things like this, and I had the conversation with the Quokkas, you know, recently about mm. some of the stuff they sing about, is, you know, we there's that cliche thing where we sort of go, yeah, if we just reach one person, you know. Mm. But, but the truth of it is that one person might really generally turn their life around with yes. this kind of stuff. Exactly. And, and I think you can be really... I really generally think you can be quite confident that it will. It's going to hit somewhere. Yes, I don't know when it will happen. Yeah. It might have already happened. But it's 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 sort of just, I think, yeah, it's it's just, it's done. There's a, there's a feeling, there's a real sense of ownership mm. from the viewer that needs to hear it. And yeah. I think that's the difference. I don't, mm. I don't like, and, and, and uh, you know, look, I can be stubborn enough to go, look, I can share the stuff that's been mm. spoken about. And for me, it's I I I felt it's not even like I felt invited. I felt like I owned the material. Mm. I felt like the material was mine. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I think that's when you know you've done something very different. And I think that's when you know you've done something that is actually generally going to make a difference. And mm. and that's what I felt from all three. And even though there is three, mm. I just it never occurred to me that there's not going to be more. It doesn't mm. it's not even in my brain. I know there's going to end up being thirty or forty or fifty, and there's just always yeah. going to be more stuff. Yeah. And it's because I feel like I belong to it. And in my head, it's just going to keep happening because that's it has incredible. to. You know. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Benny. That means and, a lot. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for coming in and chatting to me. Thank you so much for having me. That was incredible. I feel so, like, bubbly. I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. Come at me, world. <laughs> now, the, I, I won't ask this last question, but just for the for the sake of gag, this was the last question. <laughs> What's your life's work? Oh, that is a big question. <laughs> so on oh, that yeah. note, thank you very much for coming in and chatting and filling us in on everything. And, and generally it is really exciting to know what's going to come next because mm. it just it feels like it's... It's a wheel that's turning and, you know, I feel like there's you, you you've made I get the sense that your decision and the universe's decision has been made to give it a lot of spoons so sure. thanks for serving up something with those spoons so I, don't, I, I tried yeah, yeah I tried something. to do something clever with that, with <laughs> so thank you for coming thank you so much Benny <laughs> If you'd like to know more about Alex and her work, then head along to jackthecilliac.com. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Alex questions.